Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hey there. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Good. Ooh, I, I love the Rothko piece behind you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to have you today on TPQ20. Um, we always like to start off by saying, you know, we know who you are, but our audience may be new to you. Um, so if you were to kind of give that bio that your publicist doesn't have, the one that doesn't show up on the back of the book, uh, who are you? Am I? Oh, okay. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and so kind of you to invite me to your Absolutely. show. <laughs> and um, yes, um, who am I? I guess I am. Um, uh, I would sum it up. I'm a Midwesterner <laughs> I'm from St. Louis and I'm um, uh, you know, basically a nice person. <laughs> we all have our weaknesses and faults. I do have probably a good share, but <laughs> basically a nice person. Um, and I like creepy things. Um, yeah, kind of, yeah, maybe more creepy than people realize. I'm more into creepy stuff than maybe it's obvious. <laughs> no. Um, and I like colors. Um, love bright colors and um, and I and my favorite thing is learning and education that's what brings me the most um, joy and purpose and kind of you know gets me going and awesome. hope for the future yeah well that's actually a great segue so uh, we, we always like to start by talking about passions um, and I, I definitely know that education is a big passion and priority of yours um, can you talk a bit maybe about how the education side of you filters into the poetry side of you yeah, um, I, I've just, um, you know, always had a lifelong love for the classroom, love for learning. Um, my mom was an art history professor, and I used to go to her classes, you know, real, starting from very young. And she had a wonderful way of teaching, um, which was very generous, very open, kind of always giving people the benefit of the doubt and just trying to get them excited about, you know, art history and art and, um, and uh, just had a, you know, wonderful way of doing it. And I think that really sparked a love, you know, in me of education, the possibilities, possibilities of it. Um, I went to, I'm a product of public school um k through 12 um and but it was a good you know good public school so i think just having been privileged in that way one of my passions has always been to think about and i feel bad about it because um my life you know for the past 10 years really hasn't been involving this but you know just to think about um just you know what what the possibilities are for education reform um that's that's a deep passion of mine or 
curricular interventions, you know, kind of. <laughs> you're, speaking, you're speaking my language there. I spent the last 20 years <laughs> in education and I spent five of those years uh, designing curriculum for a school district. And I, I love everything. I mean, that's you. I, it's one of the things I really I liked about you as I as I started to learn more about you is that education side. So where does where does that filter, I guess, into the poetry then? Yeah, um, I think that it kind of, you know, uh, makes me feel that all art and, you know, poetry as a kind of medium um, is a place to educate, you know, has educative potential. Um, and it doesn't have to be the same lesson, you know, in every poem or even necessarily a, a good lesson or whatever. It might be a lesson about, you know, emotion and, and just kind of like all the variations of emotion that, you know, are that we should accept and embrace and all of us as humans, but, um, or it might be something having to do, you know, with a piece of knowledge, but I just see, you know, a poem as an opportunity potentially to, you know, educate in some way, if all, you know, and, and I think of education also as inspiration, you know, mm. that, you know, to write a poem and, and sort of provide a platform for, you know, some poet in the future to feel like, okay, I can try that too. You know, that, that structure seems um, easy enough, you know, let me, let me try that. And so I think at some point when I was working on my first book, I decided I wanted my language to, you know, to kind of provide that inspiration, to provide that platform for readers to feel like maybe they could do this too, you know, or something like that, like, or not to feel like poetry is just for a small group of people, that it could be for everyone. So, hmm. so that, uh, that makes me curious, who was the poet early on for you then, that was mm -hmm. kind of that catalyst, and then maybe who was the poet as well? Or what was that turning point where you, you know, you thought you could just do this? Yeah, the, oh, such <laughs> questions. I feel so boring when I answer. Um, oh no! Yeah, <laughs> um, because when it doesn't really make any sense. But the poet for me that really was that person was Sylvia Plath. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, a, that's a good choice. <laughs> although, although I got, I, well, how, how young were you when you started reading? Poetry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, um, you know, well, I mean, I was like in high school. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't heard of her, and I kind of, um, you know, had been writing poems since I was like seven and I really kind of tried to hide it. I didn't really want, I thought it was like some weird thing that was going on, you know, a symptom of something. Um, oh, it's contagious, this poetry thing. <laughs> I had the, yeah, I had the contagion. Um, but I took my high school poetry teacher was a poet as well. Marjorie, shout out to Marjorie Stelmach. And, um, and she, um, you know, kind of told, you know, I think we read Plath in her class um, and that kind of, you know, kind of made me feel like, oh, maybe it's okay that I'm a poet after all. Mm. Um, yeah, I had another really good teacher in fifth grade who read us um, a lot of the ancient Roman poets. And we read like the Metamorphoses by you know, Ovid and um, yeah, like that was like another person that was like, you're not weird, you know, like <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time. It's like, yeah, yeah, weird thoughts are good. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's kind of that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of those people are where my, where my gods, you know, it still are, but you know, I don't know that they, they maybe are, are uh, yeah, strange, strange people to inspire it. Oh, I think that's, I, I think it's really cool because it comes, I mean, obviously you're talking about two things that come from so, you know, polar opposites in this, you know, in Ovid and Plath, although maybe, maybe not. I mean, maybe I guess, the, you know, thematically, maybe not. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, you could probably find the same types of themes and, you know, a metamorphosis that you can in maybe an Ariel or, you know, that, that idea of change that does or does not get you to where you want it to, um, I think is a big overarching theme there. So I think that's, that's, I like that. Um, yeah, transformation. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, as a place where we think about transformation and possibly transform, I think, I was always, you know, kind of interested in that, but didn't have the way to articulate it or, or, you know, seeing that in somebody else's writing. And once I saw that, that, that kind of just let me loose. <laughs> are there, are there poets that you're seeing now who are kind of going that direction or who you're reading that, that you feel are kind of taking up that, you know, that maybe space that's been left empty for a while? Yeah. Oh, it's so hard, you know, so hard to know to like, <laughs> um, you know, name, <laughs> name, name, yeah, name poets or I've always been like a big um, Bernadette Mayer fan. Mm. Um, so like, I mean, not that that's not like a very, um, you know, contemporary. <laughs> well, she's right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. all about who we, you know, it's all about discovering poets and poetry that's out there. You know, it's not all contemporary. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I love learning about, I love learning about poets that are not, you know, necessarily out there right now who I didn't know before and who I should discover now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Douglas Kearney is, um, you know, one of my favorite, favorite poets. And I've always felt his work was transformational or dealt with transformation, even in like the scope of the, you know, the individual poem, but also across books, because he's such a genius about like constructing books and thinking about the visual and, you know, the text, you know, as combining and just thinking about the performance of a poem. But it's really in like within like his particular poems where like the person persona like transforms from line to line and I think that's kind of like an an Ovid you know Plath kind of thing so <laughs> mm, I yeah. like that well and that and that kind of sparks the idea of process you know it is what is your process for putting together your books what are you looking for when you structure things is there is there a storyline is it thematic um you know are you someone who needs you know the superstitions you have 14 candles lit behind you a few sticks of incense burning <laughs> What is what is your process for sitting down and writing, or do you not sit down and write? Do you write <laughs> <Yeah>. wherever? <laughs> yes. Well, um, I wish I had a kind of more you know specific you know process or whatever. But uh, with, don't, with don't candles, you know, I don't know that there's been anybody who has a specific process yet. <laughs> and spiders and um, you know <laughs> other things like that. Um, but um, I you know I I I tend to be someone. I, well, I'll say I've been trying my hand at writing prose a lot in the last few years and I wouldn't say that that kind of is like gives me like a really fixed process but I do like to kind of like get up and take charge and like (laughs) you know let's do this and I used to be a runner um you know back in the day and it was kind of like that thing like let's get up at 5 (laughs) a.m you know (laughs) like tackle this road and so like um I think in that way like the process is kind I tend to be like an early morning person like past 1 p.m 
maybe even noon. It's noon here. <laughs> the brain cells are really not, uh, not together. Um, so it's like, <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. But um, so yeah, kind of early morning things are, you know, set. And I tend to think the best um, then. So like, especially thinking about writing prose, but writing poems has always been kind of like, oh shit, you know, like I got to write this down. That, that's, always, that's always been my like poetry thing. I'm not one to be like, you know, I'm going to write a, a poem now. It's kind of like, it's always, poetry has always been something that's kind of interjected itself when I was trying to do something else. Mm. And it was kind of like a feeling like, but I know I have, to, and, and sometimes you can't, because, you know, you're sitting talking, like, you know, to someone or whatever, and you, you, but, you know, you excuse yourself to go to the bathroom or, you know, whatever, like, just try to, <laughs> like, try to, you know, find it when it, when it's ready to come out. Um, when you excuse yourself to go to the bathroom, are you writing it on the walls of those people's houses? <laughs> yeah. Right paper, it. but. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, yeah, writing, writing it on a back of a receipt and then losing it. That's usually <laughs> what happens. Or writing on my phone in the notes app, which should be better, but then I just kind of forget it's there. But um, yeah, and then, and so like the good thing is, that's why I try to be as home as much as possible, because like if it happens, I'm like, I got to be near the computer, I'm going to lose it. So then, yeah, but then, um, yeah, then revisions kind of a different, you know, process, because then it's like a kind of more like the tackling of prose or the road, you know, kind of like right. waking up and being like, let me try to really see what's going on with this poem. Do you, do you wait a while before you come back to the poem for the revision process? Do you put them away? Or are you somebody who, who likes to finish something and then finish something off with the edit? I think in a way, like when a like I'll write like kind of like uh, one or two poems, you know, sometimes like a group of poems at once, and then there'll be like the poem I'm excited about, and I'll be like, let me, you know, massage this one, you know, more, and and it's a lot of times it's not the poem that's actually like the better, you know, like the poem I end up using or whatever. Um, right. But yeah, then I kind of then I I like to have some space, even if I'm like I think this could be a good poem. I like to like have some space where I keep revisiting it again, like kind of in an early morning thing. Cause I feel like then you're, you kind of see it cold, you know, like if you're revising, 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 you're never really going to be cold to it. Cause you're gonna right. be like, Oh, that line, you know, we work so hard on you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but like, yeah, if you wake up, you know, two months later, you're like, this poem sucks, you know, like you can see it, you can see it a lot better. So, <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been fascinated lately with the uh, lots of people on Twitter are posting pictures of their kind of process for putting together their books and like mapping out, you know, pages on the walls or however they do it. When you go to put a full work together, um, how do you know that it's in order? such a great question um you know I really learned how to order a book from Joshua Beckman who's still my editor um yeah like when I was doing my first book I was having a hard time because that very question you know like I don't know you know what what is the beginning and he he was like you know he taught me how to set set on the floor you know kind of do that thing like people are yeah like you're seeing people map on the wall you know put all the poems on the floor and then kind of see where they go and make constellations and then you can kind of do it spatially and that was so helpful but um but I but I don't really do that I've never really done that any other time <laughs> even though I might tell students to do that I, I kind of do it on the um document and kind of print you know print it out but I think the best way to think about where poems should go 
is as much as possible, try to break them from their family, um, try to try to estrange them from their family poems. Um, because I have a tendency, I think maybe many of us do, like it's again, that, that warm reading, you know, like you write a poem, maybe you write it with the other poems and they're like friends or sisters or, you know, they're like, they're all, and you're like, well, I see this. And they kind of support each other in this beautiful symbiotic way. Right. Um, but you know, they're okay. I got the, um, I got this. You don't have to worry about it because I'm holding this bag. Or um, but I think like when you're ordering a book as much as you can to try to sever those connections makes you really see what does it mean for this poem to stand, you know, on its own two feet um, next to a poem that really has no relation to it, you know, and then, and then weaving the kind of intertextual connections, maybe bringing back the sister poem, but bringing her back, you know, later and seeing how they vibe off of each other when they're not holding each other up, I guess. Mm, I yeah. like that. That's, I, I haven't, I have not heard that answer. I like the idea of that, that estranged, the idea of each poem as estranged from their family to kind of come <laughs> together and meet that, make that new collective. I like that. Um, <laughs> in your, in your career, uh, what have been kind of those roadblocks or pitfalls that you might have stumbled into? Um, you know, people talk a lot about imposter syndrome or, you know, obviously, you know, the idea of writer's block. Um, what, you know, what do you find, uh, what, have, what do you find have been those roadblocks for you and how have you gotten over them or have you gotten over them or maybe are they now a part of your writing? Yeah, I think I do have a lot of insecurity, self-doubt, I really, really listen to people's feedback or critique. Like I take them very, you know, like seriously, it really hurts me, you know. Um, and I think that's been the hardest thing is just to trust myself and try to not, you know, um, I mean, criticisms are important, but, you know, that the, they can be, they can stifle you and make yeah. you feel like not writing and everything like that. So I think it's kind of, yeah, like kind of just, trying to trust my own inner creative spirit as much as possible even if it's some people are going to hate it you know <laughs> and hate 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 the language and everything like that so um yeah that, that that has been very hard and I definitely have gone through a period the last few years where I was like just really really like I am a terrible poet terrible everything you know my I'm a really really bad poet so that's, that's a very, I think we all feel that way right. and uh, it's so hard to overcome it. Do you think though, that in that, in that process of overcoming those, though, that that kind of feeds your next work a little bit? Um, you know, what, what is, what's kind of, what gets your fire going again? Usually what have you found? Maybe even if it's just, you know, something that seems to be kind of some type of a pattern that breaks that cycle. Is there, is there anything out there for you that gets you going again? Yeah, well, I think that's the hope, right? When you're in those low moments that like it will be for something or, or just wait till I, you know, get back, get back my confidence. This is going to be amazing. But, um, you know, I think uh, like Drake, I can't, because it's afternoon, I can't think of specifics. The one of the, one of his songs, it's about like, um, kind of like, you know, I needed, I needed that criticism. You told me, you know, like, you want, you want my record. You told me I was bad. I needed that, you know, to achieve my, you know, great new thing or whatever. Right. And I think in a way, um, yeah, I, I think that's the hope that the, the kind of pain and self-doubt will be because you're going to create something, you know, good, but that's so hard to know. 
Yeah. May not be that next thing. You may go through a period of self-doubt and have writer's block, and then you do something else and you come out of it and you're like, yay, I'm out of it. But then that thing wasn't the thing. It's like two books later was the thing or so. Right. Yeah, it's hard to have perspective, but I think you, I, I love, you know, I love, for example, I do love Drake um, for that inspiration because I think it's like he's able to kind of show the voice, the poetic voice as vulnerable, but also super confident. And I think, you know, poets and artists, we always kind of oscillate between those two things. I do think you need kind of a healthy balance if you're just completely self-doubting you really can't do anything you know because you're just like why bother and then if you're completely confident you never you know get strengthen your weaknesses you know mm. so like, you got you have to have the balance yeah and one and one thing you said i'm, I'm curious about um because you, you you talked about taking criticism um you really take the criticism uh but you also talk about the idea of the poem know uh, being estranged from its family do you ever feel like uh that poem once you write it um is, is you know you become estranged from it are you able to detach from from poem once it's done to to be able to handle the criticism of that or does that is that something that sticks with you longer than you think it you know might be reasonable <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I've gotten better and better and better with just setting it free and feeling like once it's done, once I've, you know, taken those obsessive times and I feel like I did the best I could, then it's done and it just has to go off on its own, you know, letting the baby bird <laughs> fly or whatever, and it may not do well, but you did the best um, you could. I think I'm learning that with prose. Um, I think, and, and I think that sometimes with poems, if I kind of let them go too fast, and then there's criticism, I just really beat myself up because I'm like, well, if I see that that ending is awful. You know, not that anyone gets that specific with criticism, but I mean, that would, that would be beautiful actually, if they're like, well, the last line, you know. I always, I always tell my students the uh, the difference between criticism and constructive criticism would be saying, you know, Dorothea, your poem sucks. Yeah. Uh, would be criticism and Dorothea, your poem sucks because, and here's what you can do to fix it, would be the way better way to go about that. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Knowing that, and then I, okay, I guess I can't help but agree with you if I think about it, or I don't agree with you at all. But yeah, yeah. But I, I think yeah, when you see the baby bird, you're like, oh no, no. You know, you're just seeing that that line. And I think sometimes when you look back on the work you've done, some of it you feel that way just by but you had to publish it you know you yeah. had to get it out there and and move on and then see how can i get better you know and so yeah it's important to to realize these things and i think it all goes through cycles too yeah, you absolutely. know right like you look at the work from two years ago you're like what was i doing but then like <laughs> you know 10 years ago you're like whoa you know who is this person or <laughs> Yeah. What well, is that? I mean, that's a good question. Then How, who are you now versus 10 years ago as a poet? Oh, thank you for asking that. <laughs> the same person. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been yeah, destroyed by, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, more destroyed, you know, more, let more. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, the, I think the voice is more kind of destroyed, which I think is good for it. Like hmm. the that like the the voices um 
you know, e even more in its own emotions. Um, and so like that, you know, kind of almost like more broken. Um, mm. And so that I think for the poems, hopefully will be make better poems. <laughs> Who's to say? And with that said, as we head toward kind of the finish line here, what are you really excited about that's coming out in the world? And then where can we find your work? Oh, what am I excited about that's coming out in the world? Well, about 30 minutes before, I love, I mean, I love A24 movies. Um, and um, I, about 30 minutes ago, I saw they had a new one called Pearl that looks really on my alley. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> it looks really, really good. I haven't, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I've only seen this trailer, but I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm working on some new books. And so, um, yeah, so look to Wave Books and yeah, I'll keep people posted about the prose books. Wonderful. Thank you so much for hanging out on TPQ20 today. I really appreciate you. And I look forward to reading your work for years to come. And I look forward <laughs> to our audience discovering your words. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Thanks. absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.